The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the season finale of the National City Tribune, the unofficial Supergirl podcast, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series, PoppyChulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Monday, May 18th, 2020, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the CW series, Supergirl. Please welcome my super co-hosts to our season finale broadcast, Millie Wood, Hello, National City. And Professor X. Hello, everyone. Let's jump into our recap of Season 5, Episode 19, which was titled Immortal Combat and aired May 17th, 2020. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Supergirl realizes that in order to stop Lex and Leviathan, she must work with the one person she never thought she'd trust again, Lena. Nia keeps dreaming about Brainy, but struggles with what the dreams are trying to tell her. Meanwhile, Brainy realizes there is only one way to stop Lex. I shall make a little note. So this this uh, episode was directed by David Harewood. Let's check in on the ratings for the season finale of season five of Supergirl. Supergirl was viewed by 627k total viewers with a 0.2 in the demo. It rose a tenth in the demo from last week's series low, which is a good thing. So I want to get everyone's initial reaction to this episode, the season five finale of a truncated Supergirl season. They were just one episode away from uh, completing their season uh, order. And actually, they combined um, episode 19 and 20 into this episode 19. So elements of that that finale were included. Uh, Let's see. Professor, what did you think? What's your initial reaction? I liked it. Uh, you know, uh, I, you know, if you'd said, you know, what do you most want, uh, you know, uh, for the uh, end of the season, uh, you know, a whole episode of Lena groveling for forgiveness. Hey, I'm in, I'm on board for that. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Billy, what about you? Your initial reaction? I enjoyed it as well. Um, I think there was a lot of moving parts and I know we were concerned, but I think that they pulled it off pretty well. All right, so we've got uh, two people on the positive train. I don't know if it's the hype train, but certainly the train of positivity. I will join as well. Uh, as I've said on the other Arrowverse shows, you know, I, I was a little scared. You know, are they going to be able to uh, 
to, you know, sort of wrap up the season. To be quite honest, uh, and to be, you know, a little bit more frank uh, about Supergirl, I wasn't as worried about Supergirl just because I knew that they had recorded a lot of uh, their episode 20, and I had already read that they were going to incorporate elements, or I guess as much as they could, from what was recorded for episode 20 in this episode 19. Uh, So I was interested in seeing how they were going to sort of chop things up and uh, make it flow into one episode. And I feel like they really did a good job with it. Uh, They wrapped things up in probably the best way they possibly could. And uh, compared to the other Arrowverse shows, like Batwoman and uh, The Flash, even though they did have a Thanos moment here where the villain wins, um, they, they were able to wrap up their main arc for the season in a better way, I would say, than uh, the other two shows that I referenced. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was a really solid hour of Supergirl and very season finale-ish. So before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of Supergirl, here's our announcer with a few special announcements. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for the National City Tribune and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. All right, so... There was a lot that happened in this episode, and... Um, The thing that the professor referenced is the thing that we'll talk about right now. So at the end of the episode, at the end of the previous episode, we had the apology. And we talked about it. But we got more than just that. Because we did realize in this episode that Kara, while she heard the apology, and while she... um, took it in she didn't necessarily fully accept it and she wasn't really ready to move on just like that she went into it like big time she was like you know i didn't tell you who i was to protect you because everyone around me that knows who i am they get a target on their back and yes i maybe fucked up because it i took so long to tell you But at the end of the day, it was to protect you. And you reacted in the way that you did. But the way that you reacted, it wasn't just that you just got back at me. It was like you kept on, you know, stinging me. Like you kept on like, like as if I was a voodoo doll and you kept on putting in different pins. And everything you did hurt me and uh, and hurt the people around me. And it wasn't just one thing, it was several things. And, uh, you know, Lena sat there quietly and took it all in. And uh, there was a moment later on where where Lena ends up saving Kara and that sort of thing. And, um, 
and and uh, Lena does get to say some more stuff about how she was feeling and how apologetic she was. And at the end of it, it looks like Kara, you know, accepted her apology. I'll, I'll put it that way. I do wonder if they're going to still, uh, if they're going to do anything with this in the next season. I wonder if this is just, you know, now clean slate and moving things forward or, or if there will be more to that. Uh, I guess we can discuss that when we get to our predictions section. But uh, for right now, it looks like Kara has accepted Lena's apology so uh, professor i have to start off with you because you have been probably the biggest lena hater and you were like the biggest lena fan but then you know you've called her petulant you've called her childish you've called her selfish all of the above and it all of the above is is the truth i mean that's how lena has been throughout the entire season what did you think of uh, Lena groveling or begging to, to for her po- apology to be accepted? What did you think of Kara's uh, argument as to, uh, at that point in the episode, not really fully accepting Lena's apology? And then what did you think of uh, sort of like the conclusion to this at the end of the episode where Kara's like, you know what, I wasn't ready to accept your apology. I didn't want to even consider your apology but I think I'm ready to accept it. Well, we've talked all season about, you know, uh, Lena, you know, basically going full supervillain. You know, is it possible for Lena to be redeemed? What would be necessary in order for her to be redeemed? Uh, And we got that in this episode. And it wasn't because she saved the world from her brother. It wasn't because she helped a Supergirl. It was because she apologized. And, you know, Katie McGrath did a fantastic job of playing that emotion. And, you know, going from, you know, the... uh, the, uh, the 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 spoiled uh, petulant child that she's been most of the season to someone who realizes oh I've done a terrible terrible thing I was wrong to admit that and to you know uh, to basically you know several times throughout the episode because she was apologizing and as you said it wasn't the car immediately said okay you're back on the team hugs all around um, I like the fact that they didn't end with a hug you know it was a handshake you know it was you know uh yes uh i uh, i accept your apology but you know true forgiveness is going to take some time and uh i i like the fact that there was a a slow build to that that you know uh lena you know not just apologized but by her actions as well you know when she's uh facing down andrea uh to protect Kara's life um you know uh when she's helping out not just from a technical sense but you know really putting herself uh in danger uh, you know, because she realizes what she thought that she would see it in terms of season. But uh, no, I thought it was uh, it was very well handled. And I like the fact that they didn't rush it, that they didn't have, you know, just, you know, hugs all around and, and everything's, uh, you know, back to, you know, status quo before, you know, uh, all of this came out at the end of last season. Um, you know, there were consequences, you know, their relationship has been damaged, but I think they're both in a situation where they can, you know, casually reestablish that friendship and you know for fans of supercorp um you know hey it might still be on the table <laughs> well i don't know if that is on the table but at least their bro tp is on the table it's funny because I, I did wonder like especially at the start of the season like would i be able to forgive lena because i did enjoy the character so much before all of this and it was a full season of this and um, I did feel like this was probably the most real 
in the most organic way that they could have done it. And I'm so glad Kara didn't just easily give in because we've seen Kara do that in the past. I'm glad that she, she sort of stood her ground. And I'm glad also that she brought up what really happened. You know, the fact that, um, you know, she did keep it for keep that secret for a reason. She explained her reason. And then she also explained everything that Lena did. Everything from faking their friendship to uh, stealing from her to having her steal. Like, bringing up every single thing that Lena did just to show her, like, I did this one thing and you kept on stinging me. Uh, I thought it was just beautifully written, beautifully acted. And then at the end of it, it, it did feel very organic. And... Um, my hope is that we see them trying to build their friendship again. Like, it, this can't be night and day. Like, it can't be you were my enemy and, and now, you know, we're besties again. They have to work on the friendship. And I feel like that's a very real-life type of thing that they need to express uh, on the show. Millie, your thoughts on Lena? I tell you with everything you guys both said, um, it was great to see... Uh, when Lena's like, you know, oh, Kara's talking to me, great, we're great friends, and Kara's like, no, we're here to stop Lex and Leviathan, and, like, she was very, you know, straight to business, um, and I was concerned it wasn't going to be like that, because she has, like, the largest heart there is, so it was great, I think it was also good for Lena to kind of walk in Kara's shoes, or at least see everything from her position throughout the episodes, and that was really vital, um, because sometimes, like, I think w- anger can make you not see the other person's side as well. Um, not to this extent, but uh, I think it was important for Lena to see that and to kind of see her realize how much Kara has to go to to help protect everyone that knows her secret. I thought was really big. And then at the end, the conversation, I thought was very mature, you know, laying all their cards out on the table. Um, it was great. Both acted well by Katie and Melissa. And I think it's... It looks like they're on the road to recovery, but I definitely can see uh, there's a lot more work to be done. Um, And I think that is exactly how it has to be after, like, all of this, you know, progress has been torn down. Um, Lena still has a lot more groveling to do. Oh, absolutely. Which will be, I don't know if it would be a little bit fun to see. I was about to say it's going to be a whole lot of fun to see. But I I do think they need to work on this, like, big time. Like, this can't be just it. So my hope is that they are able to do that in the next season but it was a good starting off point and um yeah i I just thought this was handled very well yeah very very well okay so moving right along oddly enough in this episode we got a i guess redemption storyline for eve which was really interesting uh, it's it sort of, um, you know, because we know Eve pre-crisis and she was a, a very different person. She had a different storyline and everything pre-crisis and uh, post-crisis. We've gotten to know this Eve and she got a bit of redemption in this storyline. So we pick up with William being taken by Eve and initially it looks like she's going to kill him because he knows way too much. She's like, oh, you know this, you know that, you know the other um, you know, they're gonna kill, uh, Lex is gonna kill my mom, 
and whatnot, you can't help me, you're just a reporter, and he's trying to convince her, and uh, she ends up shooting him, but uh, it's like a through and through, and, and Supergirl is able to um, heal him with uh, her heat vision, but, uh, well, cauterize the wound, you know what I'm saying, but um, Eve does end up providing them with intel, like Kara ends up, uh, you know, when she gets knocked out by the... Um, the earthbenders and that kind of stuff but uh when she comes to uh, supergirl is able to convince her to help and she does and uh, at the end of it uh supergirl does end up bringing her mom to her and, and she promises that she will be protected and that whole thing this was a teeny tiny storyline i mean clearly it was important because she provided some intel that was needed but did you at all see this Eve redemption uh, coming, Millie? Not to this extent. I definitely could see and thought that she was going to be siding with them on the good side um, after being burned by Lex. But the like the her full storyline was a surprise. I think it was well-deserved because poor Eve has really been through it. And so she deserves a redemption and a somewhat happy ending. I do agree with that. Professor, did you at all see this uh, Eve redemption coming? And were you satisfied with um, it? Well, we talked about it before. I wasn't entirely satisfied with it. It felt a little bit too much like they sort of thought, well, we kind of like Eve and, you know, uh, Lex did her badly, so we'll give her a little redemption arc here. She did shoot William. Um, yeah, it which was actually kind of funny because, you know, it's, it's such a cliche that, you know, the, uh, the bad guy's going to shoot and Supergirl arrives just in the nick of time to stop the bullet. In this case, nope. Was there for the second shot, but not the first one. Um, uh, also, that wound would have gone straight through his lungs. So, you know, <laughs> he'd definitely have to go to a hospital. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think they, they tried to wrap that one up a little too neatly. Uh, you know, she, she kidnapped William, she shot him, and we've already established that earlier in this reality, she was an assassin for Leviathan. So I think they sort of, you know, just swept that one under the carpet a little too quickly for my taste. But, okay, wait. Did they establish that post-crisis, or is that the pre-crisis? That's post-crisis. She was the assassin. Okay. Because that's when Lex found her. She was shooting the guy in the bathroom. No, that is true. Um, I'm trying to remember. But she did... She was, in essence, rescued by Lex. So, I think some of that... I don't know. I I do agree with you on on that. But I, I feel like Lex rescuing her from doing that, it was the start of her redemption or, or, or Eve getting saved, uh, from Leviathan. Um, I do feel I got the feeling she'd killed multiple people for Leviathan before Lex found her. Well, probably it, it did not feel like that was her first kill. Probably. But I think it was still, the whole point was that it was against her will because she was trying to save her mom. I don't know. I feel like I, I can give Eve a pass. I do wonder if we will see more of her, uh, is this storyline over? Um, clearly, the Lex threat is still there. Um, so, uh, you know, he did threaten her and her mom. Uh, I wonder if if that bow was a little too neat at the end of the episode. But I did enjoy that Eve, this time around, ended up helping the heroes as opposed to, um, you know, the Eve uh, pre-crisis. Yeah. Uh, it was a little, but also just mm-hmm. in terms of wrapping it up too quickly, it's like she shot William, and then like in the very next scene, is he okay? You just shot him. If you were worried about him being okay, don't shoot him. 
Oh, right. It just it just felt like one of those clumsy little storytelling things. Like, oh, uh, I'm I'm so glad he's okay. You just shot the guy twice. You tried to shoot him twice. Um, you know, it, it just felt a little too much, as you say, putting a bow on it. That uh, no, no, Eve was fine. Yeah, it it just yeah, it, that was one of the things that struck me as a little off. If she hadn't shot him, if she'd you know chosen to let him live, or you know, yeah, I'll give you the information about Luthor before Supergirl showed up uh, to make the save. But the fact that she did try to kill him. Uh, you know, makes me feel it was a little too quick on the redemption. Okay. Because honestly, so so yeah, she turned, she gave him the information on Leviathan. Um, You know, she was facing down Supergirl and Lena pointing a gun at her head. So, you know, you can argue that maybe she wasn't, you know, behaving from the the purest of motives there either. True. True, true, true. But, um... Yeah. What I thought was interesting was they could have gotten rid of William in this episode because he got shot. And uh, there was a moment where... What a lost opportunity. I know, right? Because he was shot and they were like, oh, he's bleeding out. You can't make it to the hospital. And it's like, it was all serious and shit. But then they didn't. And uh, and he did have the little moment, you know, it's what Cara Danvers told me and I was like, oh, Lord, even in this finale, that you know, they're chopping up two episodes, but we still got a little line about Oh, they're William. just, yeah, that that one <laughs> bugged me. I just, yeah. Yeah. That one hurt. I know, right? That was like They did give him the one funny the shoulder. moment that I think William has ever had, which is, do it, do it. She gets blasted with the invasion. Don't do it! Yeah. Okay. Let's go to something a little bit more positive. Let's talk about Alex. Alex got a um, super suit. Um, apparently, has to do with a lot of eyeshadow and and uh, and a new hairdo. Uh, Kara sort of like squealed with glee. Um, Kelly was turned on, and she did all. She went on Mission Impossible at a certain point in the damn episode, which was amazing. <laughs> I was like, you know what? If you guys are like chopping up two episodes, I'm glad this was kept in because it was just awesome. Uh, but what did we think of her super suit, her vigilante suit, which let's be real is not a mask. It, it was like makeup and it was a neat outfit, and I'm glad she was able to sort of figure out that Martian weapon, because she's using that like a fucking pro now. Um, Professor, I know you love Alex, and I know you probably love the suit, but we could still see her face. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want... Uh, yeah, I just don't want, you know, Kyler Lee to have to hide behind a mask. Uh, you know, anything that takes us away from seeing her is is a terrible thing. Um, so, yes, I agree that, you know, even if you've got something that, you know, will do your super suit, unless that super suit will also do your, your mascara, that's going to take, like, that was like an hour of eye work, I would think, to get that look. Um, having said that, it's a very striking look. It's She's gorgeous. Um, it, uh, it, it It's great where you can just put a little... And maybe she got, you know, the eyeshadow at the uh, Oliver Queen uh, sellout sale when he was mm, uh, closing yeah. down uh, the Arrow stuff. But, yeah, it, it was it was silly, but... I mean, come on, Alex looks really, really good. She does look good. I, I will give you that. And even the hairdo is really nice. Even the makeup is nice. I mean, it, everything looks good. I just wish that they would have given her, like... Like, even if she had one of those... I don't even know what they're called, but, like, the bandit 
eye mask things. Like, even that sort of... I, I could be like, okay, like, maybe people can't really tell who she is. But the fact that she just has makeup on her face, and it isn't really enough to, like, cover her face. It's just really around the eyes. Like, I'm like, is no one... And she's gonna... going out in broad daylight. I mean, you could maybe get away with it if she was only working at night. Or even... And wearing the hood up at all the times, but... Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious who she is. And you know what? Like, even if they did the Batwoman route, where, like, they gave her a wig or something, or, like, you know, a um, a Black Canary type of thing where they gave her a wig, that was a different... Like, even that I might be able to buy, but I'm just like, damn, like, that's... I mean, it looks hot. Yeah, that's um... just it. It looks so good that, you know, you can criticize, but, yeah, just, it's a great-looking costume. Yeah, it's a great costume, but it's it, it doesn't hide who she is. And, like, that was, like, the whole fucking point of the storyline last episode. Like, Kelly was like, you need to wear a mask. And then she's like, oh, well, that's not really a mask. And I'm like, you know what? You're right, Kelly. That's not a mask. Millie, do you have anything to add? It looks good. I agree. Um, I do question their, their costumes. There are a lot of, I guess, looks over functionality. I'm just saying, with the makeup and the hair, that's like two hours to get ready. And if you got to suit up real quick, I still don't understand that. But Well, she just pressed the button stylish. and, you know, it just, it even the makeup took over her body. It was, um, you know, it was pretty spectacular. Maybe that's the true invention is being able to do your makeup in like two seconds. There you go. Maybe she's born with it. It's probably not Maybelline. It's something else. Let's talk about some of the fight sequences, because we did get a lot in this episode, and it's probably because they were combining fight sequences from not only episode 19, but from episode 20 as well. I kept on wondering, like, in my mind, like, could I tell where one of the episodes was going to end and the other one was going to begin? And I think I kind of figured it out. I think it's when Ramakan shows up um, in that factory type of place, uh, because uh, I I listened. Um, there was an interview on TV Line where uh, they mentioned that uh, to be able to sort of like cobble these episodes together, in particular Supergirl, uh, Melissa uh, Benoist had to like go into her closet and use Skype to like record some. Uh, I think it's called ADR. Uh, where, you know, they have to record dialogue. And um, there were, like, two lines or three lines that I noticed weren't of the same audio quality as the the rest of the episode. And I was like, oh, okay. They added these lines in. And um, there were two that I noticed that were Kara's, and there was one that was Lena's. And the Lena one was when they arrived, and uh, she was like, I'll call for backup or something like that or I'll let your friends know or something like that and and that was added in so I wonder if um, the episode was going to originally end with Kara sort of getting knocked out by the gods and then the next episode was going to start with the people showing up I think there was also a dreamer line uh, that they added in that was like oh we got your message we're, we're here as backup or something like that so uh there were a couple fight sequences with the gods. It, not only is it Ramakan, um, I didn't get their names, but it was, you know, uh, Lightning Lady and Fireman. Uh, what did we think of the fight sequences overall? Uh, I'll just open it up to the floor. This is the danger of opening up the floor if I don't have anything to say about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Millie, 
what are your thoughts on the overall on the fight sequences? What did you think? Was there anything that stood out? W- was it interesting to see Ramakan with uh, the pips apparently behind him? I didn't realize they're called the pips. Um, well, no, I mean, you know, uh, well, apparently you don't oh, know gosh. pop culture, but it's, it's, no. you literally <laughs> thought they were called the pips. I can't with you, Milliewood. Um. Yeah, no, I, I let down my generation. I, I I thought the fight scenes were good. Again, I there wasn't anything splashy about them, which I feel like um, might have just been symptomatic of the episodes they were at. Um, or I could just have high expectations. But it, it was interesting to see Ramakan and then all his little buddies his peeps. go at it. But they also... His peeps. <laughs> yeah, but I just felt like it was very uneventful and i was like okay they're creating and i guess they're you know manipulating the elements and we just got avatar on netflix so my like element of the the winds and stuff has been fulfilled so i was a little disappointed yes it was very avatar uh not the movie with the the uh the blue kitties but uh, the anime series yeah uh, apparently one of them is tezumak so it's ramakan tezumak and uh the lady I don't know what her name was. Um, So, yeah. I I will say the visuals were really neat. Um, I I thought that they did a really good job with that. I mean, we've seen Ramakan in action now. I I think this is the third time. The first time was pre-crisis. The second time was last week. And now this time. And uh, I I feel like they keep on adding tweaks to his powers and and just visually uh, how they were... um, expressed and, and i thought that was kind of interesting it was great to see our people sort of fighting them uh we had i think there were three fight sequences in total where our people just kept on going after them especially being sort of distractions for them while uh kara and lena were uh, you know doing stuff um i, I thought yeah I, it was great to see john and uh, well just everyone even though john got hurt at one point um but yeah, so I don't know. It was it was interesting what they did with them and uh, seeing our people in action with them. Um, okay, we got a lot of Megan in this episode more than I thought we would, especially because the professor um, was trying to prophetically say that she was going to die. <laughs> but um, it was John that got. We her. ever did get that last episode. I know, right? Uh, John uh, was the one that got hurt. Magan was very much alive and not hurt. But they used her in an interesting way, and, and it was to sort of balance off of Nia. And, and Nia, we saw her throughout the episode getting all of these visions, dreams of uh, a green brainy um, doing nefarious-looking things. And Magan basically told Dreamer, like... You're a dreamer. Like, you need to use this power. Like, you, if, if you see Brainy in your dream, like, you need to interact with him. You need to figure out exactly what it is and why you're seeing it. Dreamer kept on saying, like, oh, it's probably because of the breakup. It's probably because of the betrayal. It's probably because of this, that, or the other. We were so connected and whatever. I don't really want to have to deal with Brainy. We got everything else that we're dealing with. I, I just, I, I'm... I just can't deal with this right now. I need to focus on these uh, element benders. Professor, what did you think of how they used Magon? And uh, at least up to this point in the episode, were you surprised that Nia was sort of, uh, you know, basically uh, 
disregarding these visions that uh, she was having of Brainy? Well, no, I think actually it's, it was a very sensible uh, choice for Nia to make because, you know, they do have more serious things to worry about uh, than Brainy. And, uh, you know, she has no way of knowing that, you know, uh, Brainy is intimately tied to this. Um, so, you know, I, I think it was a, a reasonable decision on her part. Uh, having McGon, you know, uh, you know, talk to her about that, it seems like, you know, maybe that was done because, you know, David Harewood was off, you know, it was probably a conversation that John should have had, um, but, you know, he was off directing, so, you know, he didn't have as much uh, screen time as he would have otherwise, and it also uh, allowed McGon to, to drop in the line that, you know, uh, uh, John's apparently a terrible gossip. Um, so I, I thought it, it worked nicely, but, yeah, it, it was obviously there because, you know, they want to save Brainy. Um, so, you know, you have to have, uh, you know, Nia make that realization. Um, but I was glad that she did actually put it aside, you know, for the, the duration of the fight. And it was only after the fight that she sort of, you know, went to sleep and and realized what was going on. The great thing about the episode was that it was so fast paced and they really didn't stop for, for a lot of slower scenes. Like I'd I'd say the McGon, uh, Nia scene was probably the slowest scene of the episode outside of, you know, maybe some of the, the, you know, the Lena and Kara stuff. Um, so it was fast paced except for the scene where, uh, Lena and, uh, and Kara had to get across town to visit Lena's lab. So they took a city bus. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, because apparently, cause, well, I mean, we know Alex has a motorcycle. Apparently Lena doesn't have a car. I guess you can argue that Kara doesn't need a car because she can fly everywhere, but you would think one of them or call an Uber. That was funny to be quite honest because you know they had to go incognito because ramakan you know he's connected to the earth and so he would sense whenever Hara would use her powers as supergirl and so they took the bus because you know you got to support your local public transportation professor x you know what I'm well saying? maybe i'm just bothered in these ages of, of social distancing it seemed the irresponsible thing to do okay well there's that too okay so while everything is going on you know, well, I should mention really quick, uh, Megan and John as Supergirl. Like, any thoughts on that? I will open that up to the floor, because I feel like at least one of you has, you know, just a little, you know, geek out moment about that. Oh, it was just, it was just tremendous fun, because you got to have, uh, you know, uh, Melissa basically playing other people playing her uh and then adding the voices in was great and then the harry potter reference no the whole thing about that was just uh was fantastic loved it and also mcgon's reaction like oh you guys lost friend in combat i'm so sorry to hear that and they're like no uh, no uh not really <laughs> like it was just it was good Okay, so while everything is going on, while, uh, you know, our super friends are uh, distracting Ramakan and the other element benders, uh, Kara has, well, Kara and Lena are away doing a couple things. Outside of talking about their friendship or lack of friendship, uh, Lena is building a uh, anti-kryptonite suit for uh, Kara. And, uh, you know, it, it takes a moment, but then it finally happens and she's able to use it uh, during one of the fights. But uh, one of the reasons why they're also away is because they're, they need to figure out exactly what Lex is up to. Because uh, they feel like Lex is using Ramakan and the Pips as uh, a distraction 
for his true plan with Leviathan, with Obsidian, with uh, Gemma, etc. So, uh, when Kara figures it out, uh, she realizes she has to go into uh, the virtual world, and she has to try to convince like a bajillion people that they have to log off. And so she tries to do one of her hope speeches, which I will say, you know, there was a lot of like little uh, gentle ribbing about the hope speeches throughout this episode. And and, um, the fact that both Alex and Lena were like, well, if anyone can do it, it's you at the exact same time. Uh, Jinx, someone owes somebody a Coke uh, was just brilliant. And so Kara gets in there as Supergirl, and she does marvel at, like, what she's seeing. She's like, wow, this is amazing. And everyone is surrounding the world, uh, kind of like, you know, if you ever saw, um, well, if you've seen Us, you know, the, the, the whole Hands Around America, it's like, basically, that was sort of like what we were seeing, like, Hands Around the the, the World. And, uh, you know, she starts talking to the people, but they're like, no, this is like the only place I could see my dead husband, my dead mom, and all this kind of stuff. And then Lena is able to figure out a way so she can talk to everyone at the exact same time. And she does her hopiest, hope, hope, hopiest speech ever, where she's like, this isn't real. And, you know, we all could, you know, wish away our pain. I've done that. But we need to go back into the real world. And we need to experience that pain because that pain will, I don't know. It was just, it was like a whole lot of, whole lot of. But she's able to cheesily uh, get everyone to log off. And it works. So let's talk about this hope speech and seeing like a bajillion Kara's, you know, Hoping these people out of Obsidian, uh, this virtual world. Millie, what were your thoughts on it? And um, did you enjoy sort of like the the wink-wink, nudge-nudge that the writers were doing about uh, Kara's hopes and uh, speeches and all that kind of stuff? I did. It was a a good nudge-nudge, wink-wink. At first I was like, ah, I don't know. Another hope speech is going to save the world, but then... It's Supergirl, and again, that's what Kara does best, uh, and you can't really, I guess, fight these people in the virtual reality, so hope speech is the only way to go. Um, and in terms of hope speech, I think it was good, because I think this one that Kara really relates to, because we have the whole, when she w- tried to go back and change the past and things like that, and realizing you kind of have to accept what cards you're given. Um, so overall, in terms of cheesiness, it was just the right amount. Professor, what about you? Did you feel like the Hope speech worked? It was a bit cheesy. Um, You know, it it was sort of necessary because, you know, they had set up a foe that, you know, you can't punch your way out of. Uh, You know, this was the only way to do it. I did like the the sort of self-referential idea that, well, I have done this before. Um, And it does sort of play into, you know, there's this sort of interesting subcurrent running through the uh, the ever shows post-crisis. Uh, you know, where, you know, Supergirl was the paragon of hope, and how does she win? She uses hope. Uh, Sarah Lance was the paragon of destiny. She's, you know, developed her precog skills. Uh, Barry Allen was the uh, the paragon of love, and obviously, as I've said, he's going to make a love-powered speed force. So it, it seems that there, there is that that lasting crisis sequence. Um, it, just, it was a little cheesy, and, you know, unless, you know, it, 
so Supergirl would have had to be delivering exactly the same message to each person. Um, you know, uh, there was, you know, more than 2 billion of them, uh, which would mean, uh, you know, we, it might've been nice if we just had, you know, uh, one or two shots of her speaking in a different language to the people who aren't all speaking English. Um, but you know, I mean, it was, you know, a, a visual way you know, of showing that message getting across. Um, I just don't think it would have been that effective in real life. Yeah, it was a very Supergirl way to do things. Um, yeah, uh, I did wonder... Like, to like, go from two billion to zero? I know, they basically... Well, they didn't bankrupt Obsidian, but, like, how do you, like... How do you get everyone to log off? Like, I was... Yeah, like, some people would have been doing porn, some people would have been... Yeah, just give me five minutes here. Uh, some people would have hated Supergirl, some people wouldn't speak the language. Yeah, it, it was a little too tidy. And I really didn't like, you know, when they cut back to uh, to uh, Gemma, and she said and we would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for those meddling kids. I know, right? Wait, they do porn in Obsidian Virtual Reality? I guess. I it's technology, of course, they do porn in Obsidian Virtual Reality. Well, there you go. Well, yeah, apparently you can cheat on people <laughs> with it, so <laughs> we saw that a couple episodes ago. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was hella Velvia, but it worked because it's Supergirl, and uh, you know, I, I guess if anybody could do it, Supergirl is the one that can do it, and she did it. So I will give her props for that. So she's able to get everybody to log out. Uh, there was a moment where Gemma, you know, was like, well, let's kill everybody right now. And uh, Lex was like, no, no, no. You know, you have to wait. You have to get the peak of whatever. And, you know, you don't want to piss off the she that, that we've kept on hearing about throughout the entire season. And uh, so they end up failing with what uh, Gemma was going to do. All right, so let's talk about Lex. Throughout this episode, he's been there with Gemma, trying to support her. At the start of the episode, he was granted access to the Leviathan Lair, which he cheekily said, uh, you know, you guys live in a casino. And then he sees sort of like their main room where uh, there is a sort of protective um, radiation that uh, was harming him, but Gemma ends up giving him a pin that is able to protect him from it. Um, Ramakan, that's where Ramakan is provided with the kryptonite, and, and Lex has sort of proven his worth, and um, Gemma basically is like, you're one of us now, which I thought was interesting. I, 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 will, I would be lying if um, I would have said I would have thought that Gemma was going to end up double-crossing Lex, but... That is not the way that they were going, because clearly there was no sign of that throughout the entire episode. Uh, Gemma was really there with Lex and, and was uh, listening to everything he was saying. Uh, every bit of um, sort of manipulation that Lex was doing was uh, pretty successful with Gemma throughout the episode. Uh, the thing that Lex... Uh, at least it appeared as if potentially Lex uh, was not going to take into consideration was the fact that uh, Brainy was having an issue with all of this. So although Lex at the start was like, okay, listen, we got to go with the plan. They're the, the 
gods are going to kill the supers, they're going to kill Supergirl, and then we can take out Leviathan, this is the plan, this is how we're going to do it, and this is how we're going to do it, Brainy, alright? And uh, Brainy was having an inner dialogue with one of the, the other Brainies, and uh, he was like, I'm not going to let my friends die. I figured out the perfect plan. I'm going to shrink down the gods. I'm going to put them in this bottle. I will keep them in stasis. And uh, they will no longer be a threat to my super friends and to this earth. So it's an interesting plan. He he does end up sneaking onto or into the Leviathan lair. It, it looked like he was going to get caught, but then he wasn't. And he even enters the room with the radiation. He puts his hand down. Uh, he's doing the code, so he's able to shrink the um, the gods. I'll be honest. I thought this whole thing was very weird. <laughs> this was ridiculously science fiction even for me and I enjoy me some science fiction because I was like why does he have to upload a code to shrink them I was like hella confused but I was going with it so he's uploading a code he, he's got his um, brainy sister there the, you know she's like I'll be with you till the end he is able to shrink the gods they all get sucked into uh, the bottle and uh, this uh, apparently pissed off Gemma. She didn't really get sucked into the bottle. Um, so she was there. We can talk about that in a moment. And it turns out all of this was a part of Lex's master plan. He was like, I knew you were going to do this. I knew you were going to shrink them. I knew this was coming. And I thank you. And so he's like, he takes the bottle and he basically leaves Brainy there to die. Okay. What the hell? Professor? Did Lex really predict all of that? I mean, he is a genius and like he's really smart when he applies himself. Could Lex have really predicted all of that? The fact that he was going to come up with the idea to shrink the gods. Did you even, did you follow any of that that he had to put the code in to shrink them? I didn't really understand that. I didn't really that was that No, that Yeah. The stuff with Brainy felt like this is something that was unduly compressed because of the uh the two episodes shrinking see what I did there into one. Huh. Um and also, you know, the uh, you know, Jesse Rath can be very good, but he can also chew scenery. And I thought he was chewing the scenery a bit too much uh, in this scene. I thought the scenes with his, you know, his real life sister, uh, the other uh, Brainiac, were very, very good. But the scenes where he's just sort of, you know, there writhing in pain and gesticulating wildly with one hand, um, you know, uh, left me a bit cold. Uh, as for whether it was all part of uh, Lex's plan, on first watching it, I thought it wasn't. Uh, because the way he reacted, Kaluan, once he realized what had happened to Gemma, um, and, you know, uh, went off to uh, to confront him. I really thought that, you know, Lex hadn't seen this coming and was just, you know, he's he's so petty and insecure that he you know had to make it seem that, you know, this was all part of my plan all along. Um, and honestly, if it hadn't been for the scene that follows where he goes through the portal and hands off the... Uh, you know, the tube of shrunken immortals uh, to Lillian, I would have said that's what he was doing. But the fact that he did do that means that, yeah, this must have been part of his plan all along. Um, and yeah, just it did feel 
in trying to wrap things up that, you know, things were, you know, again, a, a bit too tidy here, but I really did, as I was watching the first, uh, you know, uh, you know, before that final scene came through, I really was thinking to myself that no, but Brainy actually scored one over Lex and, you know, Lex didn't see this one coming, but, uh, you know, I think the, the resolution to it with Lillian made it clear that, yeah, this really was Lex's uh, master plan after all. Now what that will lead to, you know, what the next step of that is, uh, I have no idea. I was really surprised to see Lillian show up. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to save that for later, but since you brought it up, I, I will add it in. Um, so, Millie, what are your thoughts on Lex's actions, Brainy's actions, and then at the end, when Lex provides the bottle to Lillian, uh, did that surprise you as well as... Uh, so, at the end of this, since since we're sort of wrapping this, um, this storyline up... Um, you know, Brainy does end up saying, like, Nia. And Nia ends up realizing that her visions mean that Brainy is in trouble. Uh, what do you, what did you think of sort of everything Brainy and Lex throughout the entire episode? I agree in the sense that some of the, the, the thinking behind the Brainy storyline didn't really make sense, though. You have to keep your hand on this. Uh, for 10 minutes um, and everything uh, was strange, but I did enjoy having the the other Brainy there to kind of talk him through. Because I think it does highlight that Brainy has been on his own little island, um, not by choice. And so I think it's a good way to kind of see that visualized. Uh, in terms of Lex, I, I did not see a... Uh, him knowing this was the whole plan. Again, I did think that uh, he had finally, his luck has finally run out and that it hasn't. I am curious when it will and how it will run out. Um, I was definitely surprised by the whole Lillian thing, but looking back on the previous episodes and his interactions with her, it makes sense that she's having a bigger part and a bigger influence in um, this whole bigger scheme, which uh, at this point, who knows what they're going to do with all of that Uh godlike energy there um and the holding of the dreamer part by the time we got to it i was just i'm just kind of tired of all of that um it's like yeah she should have figured that out but again as i said how would we know Brady's an island and at this point like how have they been able to get to the ship? I think there's just a lot of logic behind there. Just I feel like they're trying to still drag along the brainy dreamer storyline and it's getting a little tiring. While I don't disagree with a lot of what you said, um, I, I did feel like it took forever for Nia to sort of realize that she needed to pay attention to what Brainy was going through. Um, I, yeah, uh, I mean, clearly the cliffhanger there is like, will Brainy be alive? Will Nia save him? And that sort of thing. I am really confused as to what the hell is going on with Lex and Lillian. Um, yeah, like I am hella confused and I, I look forward to hearing any predictions from either of you when we get to that because i'm hella confused um i do still have the question of who the she is uh so i hope we get the answer to that uh, but uh there there is one storyline that we really didn't discuss and uh, it was something that was at the forefront especially at the start of the season so i do want to reference it because i do feel like lena had a really great moment in it so while everything is going down, while shit is hitting the fan, um, and uh, the gods have failed to kill Supergirl, 
uh, Lex tells Gemma, like, we need Supergirl out the picture. And if Supergirl is online, if she's in, um, you know, the virtual world, that means she's vulnerable. So you need to send an assassin to kill her. And you know who that is. And it's a Krata. So Andrea is activated. Uh, we have a scene with Gemma and Andrea, and Gemma's basically like, I am Leviathan, you know, uh, and, and, and uh, Andrea's like, shocked and shooked and shooketh throughout this whole thing. And she's like, you know, I was the one that helped you, and we've been supporting you, and remember your father, and it was me in the cave, and you need to be activated. You know you sense something about yourself. All the shadow powers, you can control it, and you need to kill Supergirl. If not, everything is is over, and Obsidian will go down the tubes, and all this kind of stuff. And so Andrea you know, ends up finding Supergirl. How she did that, I don't know. But, it, you know, it is a fast-paced finale that, you know, episodes are chopped up and that sort of thing. And Lena's there, and Lena does the Taknojutsu down to, um, to Andrea, to Okrata. And she talks her down, she's like you know, remember what I told you, and you can't go down this dark path, and I've been down this dark path, and her speech ends up working, and uh, that kryptonite dagger that was going to be used to kill Supergirl ends up not being used. Since I'm mentioning Gemma, I'll mention the final scene with Gemma. So, Gemma did not get sucked into the bottle. She, uh, it looked like she died or something like she got knocked the frack out she collapses on the desk and when she gets um rebooted maybe she is uh her full-on god form it's all medusa with like it's 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 a lot <laughs> that's just what i will say so um let's see uh, millie what were your thoughts on uh, the little bit of Andrea that we got in this episode? And what did you think of Alina's moment with Andrea? For a second, I forgot about Andrea. So it's... <laughs> oh my gosh, that is funny. Well, to be quite honest, she really, as much as she was in the forefront pre-crisis, she really hasn't been post-crisis, which was interesting. I don't know why, but uh, I mean, you know, it's the choice the writers made. <laughs> I do wonder if it's like they, I think they had taken, they bit too much off in the second half and they just never really knew what to do with Andrea post-crisis. And I think we still really don't know what happened to Andrea post-crisis. Um, and so she kind of got pushed in the back and then she's just a convenient plot point there. Cause I like the whole, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot we had like 20 episodes ago, a story with her and Lena and their whole backstory. And I was like, it was fully coming back to me on that. Um, so it was a nice little refresher. It's good to see Lena connect to another character um, and be kind to them, unlike she has been to Kara. And I think it, it's still interesting to see exactly her power in Akrata and how that gets going to affect how that affects her in general. But I think it was just kind of a convenient plot point in that sense. I do agree with you on that. The only thing that I will say about it that, that is positive is the fact that they didn't forget this storyline. It did feel like they sort of shoehorned it in 
to remind us that Andrea is a Krata and they had not activated her powers at all post crisis. So it was a means to remind us of that. So because there was a lot of her storyline, especially pre crisis. So this was a reminder that they didn't forget that. And I think it was also used as a moment for Lena to really step up. Like, she had been apologizing throughout the entire episode. She created um, this uh, anti-kryptonite suit, or this protective suit uh, against the kryptonite for uh, Kara, which um, did not exist post-crisis, did exist pre-crisis. So she had that moment, but then she also got the chance to protect her friend from a killer, in essence. So I, I think this was more to service Lena than Andra, but it was a nice little callback to at least an element of the season that they introduced uh, at the start of the season. Professor, do you have anything to add uh, in regards to how they used Andrea in this episode and uh, Lena's moment? Yeah, she was really just there for Lena's moment. Uh, you know, uh, you know, establishing that character that she had a connection to. If it had been anyone else, Lena wouldn't have been able to talk them down. Uh, you wouldn't have had that scene where Lena basically, you know, walks up and, you know, puts the knife right in her throat. Um, so, yeah, it did feel to me like, you know, they were just doing that again, you know, trying to wrap things up as much as they can. Uh, it was also, you know, as you know, as, as you were saying, it, it was an important moment for Lena because, you know, up until this point, you know, Lena could just have been talking the talk. Uh, but she actually put her life on the line to protect Supergirl when she was at risk. And I think, you know, uh, at, at a time when, you know, Supergirl wouldn't have been aware of it or seen it or known what was happening. Um, so it was, you know, uh, an unselfish act of, of protecting her friend, which I think was important for Lena. Uh, also just, you know, one little thing that uh, Katie McGrath did in the scene that I thought was fantastic is that after she does talk her down, uh, and they go in for the hug. Katie McGrath has this look on her face like, oh, my God, I can't believe that actually worked. Um, you know, so this was not the sort of Lex Luthor manipulating a person knowing how it's going to turn out. This was Lena absolutely terrified that it wouldn't work, um, but still doing it anyway. So I think it was I, I really think that whole thing was just in there to give, uh, you know, Lena more of the face turn that she needed. And we end the season in a very different way than we have in the past with uh, Supergirl. Uh, it, it looks like the villain has won. It looks like elements of Leviathan will actually continue on into the next season. And uh, we have, what is it? We have Brainy. Could he be dying from all the radiation? We don't know. Will somebody save him? Lex has a bottle of gods. I mean, what happens when you pop that bubbly? I don't know. Uh, we have uh, Gamemne, uh, aka Gemma, looking hella pissed. But we were able to sort of end uh, this Obsidian storyline. Like, I don't know if Andrea will still be owning Catco at the start of next season. Uh, will Andrea leave? Will Akrata still be a presence? I don't know, but it looks like at least the Obsidian virtual world and technology-based storyline could potentially be over. So let's talk about predictions for next season. Um, unfortunately for Supergirl, out of all of these Arrowverse shows, Supergirl will be the one that no matter when all of these shows are able to go back into production, it looks like Supergirl will be the one that uh, will take the longest to actually start up production 
in particular because Melissa is pregnant. And uh, and we still don't know when all of these shows will start filming, although Mark Pedowitz of the CW is eyeing for a January 2021 season launch for everything. Uh, well, except for this one. This one is planned for sort of mid-season, which would be, I guess, spring-ish. So it could potentially be a full year before we see Supergirl again. What are y'all's predictions for the next season? Uh, we have a couple of cliffhangers. Uh, do we think the season will start off immediately where it left off? Uh, will there be a bit of a time jump? What the hell is Lex's plan? Um, do you have any theories on what was left on the cutting room floor as far as, you know, would they have wrapped up Lex? Or is this a good way of uh, ending the season? Is this a better uh, ending point than uh, what they would have done? Um, let's start off with the professor. Well, they can't time jump. Because they put the to be continued, and whenever you put it to be continued on, uh, you're going to pick up immediately where you left off. Um, uh, it would be cheating to do it otherwise, even if we're going to have to wait a year for the resolution. Uh, problem is, you know, the, the, I think obviously the, the, the fact that they were dropping in several times, you know, uh, in a way, just to remind us that Leviathan does work for a she. Who is that she? I don't know. Uh, what was Lex's plan? Again, we really don't know. Uh, as I said, it does seem that this was his plan to get that. Now, it might have been his anger with uh, with Brainy was that he thought that you know Brainy wouldn't do that until after the supers uh, had been killed uh, by the immortals. I don't really know. Um, yeah, I just don't know. It, it's uh, I don't think we have enough really to speculate on that. I think whoever the she is will be important. Does that mean that you know Leviathan might continue? Um, I. I I really don't even think we know what happened with Gemma. Like the last I remember of Gemma, she was, you know, uh, you know, uh, looking like a burned out Android face down on a desk. Um, and if she's not, then we have to have an explanation as to why all the other immortals were sucked up and she wasn't. Um, so yeah, it, it, I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, my guess is, yeah, as you said, obsidian is over and done with. I think that was, you know, their, the, the, the danger of technology, uh, in this season, Leviathan could continue. Um, I don't know. It doesn't strike me as the most interesting thing. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out what Lex's plan was. Aside from that, I really don't think we have anything that we can confidently predict, except that, you know, they will continue to force the Supergirl and William uh, relationship on our collective throats. <laughs> uh, that's one prediction that is probably the most correct. Um, yeah. I do think Obsidian is over. I don't know how they're going to get rid of it, though. Because if we don't have a time jump, um, I don't think there's an organic way to just completely disappear everything that's Obsidian. Uh, unless they do, which this is something they th that they could do. And I believe I read that the Flash uh, showrunners will be doing this. You know, they're going to, uh, you know, wrap up Although the Flash is in a different position because they, they really didn't wrap up their um, season arc. But the Flash is going to come back. They're going to take like two or three episodes to wrap up their arc. And then they're going to do a time jump. So if Supergirl and in essence Batwoman return and they do one or two episodes or, you know, and, and they wrap up whatever they might need to wrap up and then they do a time jump, 
that could work because those first two episodes we'll see sort of like the dismantling of Obsidian and then when they do a time jump Catco is owned by whomever. To be quite honest because this is a post-crisis world and even though I hate the thought of doing this they could recast Cat Grant and they could bring us back that character and if the actor is good I could actually be totally behind that. Uh, I miss Cat Grant's presence, and if they can find someone that is as charismatic as uh, Callista Flockhart was as Cat Grant, I would totally be down with that. It, it, it would be really great to have Cat Grant back as a presence in Catco. So um, there's that. That's one of my hopes for the next season. I also hope that Leviathan is done. Like, Leviathan as an entity is done. Clearly, there was someone behind Leviathan, but if she was just sort of the boss, then Leviathan, per se, doesn't have to exist. It could be her against Supergirl and the Supers. And to be quite honest, it could be her against Lex as well, uh, because Lex has these uh, immortal gods in his um, in a little bottle for whatever reason. Uh, that I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so it it could actually be maybe Supergirl and Lex teaming up against this this goddess, which uh, might be kind of interesting. Gemma still existing is sort of like the outlier. Like, I don't know why she still exists. I don't know why she went full metal... Um, robo psycho at the end you know she leapt up and she you know waved her hands just like you know waving like just don't care and that sort of thing like i was very confused by that so if she's still around and she'll be end up being sort of like a lackey for the big bad i'm fine with that as well uh and and i feel like brainy's gonna be alive so i don't yeah i don't really feel like i need to go into that he will be saved uh, hopefully Magon sticks around for a little bit. I don't mind that. It was great seeing Sharon Leal for the couple episodes that we got her, and I enjoy Magon and John together. Uh, you know, give us some older alien loving on uh, Supergirl. Millie, what about you? Your thoughts, predictions, hopes for the next season? It's funny. I'm the opposite of both you and the professor. I kind of hope we'll find... Leviathan isn't done. Oh. Um, I can, I, and I think it's maybe more, I feel like there was a lot more to be explored with it. I mean, you're saying that these are the gods that control a lot of these earthly events and for them to like end up, you know, this is their small blip and they were manipulated by Lex Luthor the, the whole time. I feel like they haven't gotten to show their whole potential and i think that they could do a lot of damage if they weren't necessarily having to like i think a lot of stories suffered from whatever lex is doing um and so if they can kind of just wreak havoc as they will i feel like they could be a formidable thing as well as i do think that she uh will continue to loop leviathan in or at least uh gemma since she's a dead robot at the moment i can also see uh that she kind of taking over gemma and then that's how she's controlled or gemma that's how she is now on the earth is through gemma um i think in terms of uh 
Lex, I have no idea what he's doing. I kind of saw thought that if we were to get the whole season, um, Lex's storyline would have been a little more neatly wrapped up. Uh, just in the thought of like he might be, uh, you know, shared across a new show coming with Lois and, and Superman. Because uh, I just think that Lex here, I don't know, he, I think his welcome's starting to wane a little bit there um i agree that i i don't think brainy's dead but he might be a little hurt and um in terms of kind of seeing that i i i'm curious to see kind of what they're doing when now that alex has a suit and then we have john um are they making their own little vigilante gang and another thing i thought got left on the cutting floor is <laughs> the fate magan or the fate the press is talking about with magan i could definitely see her uh getting injured in some way and then being sent off again um and then it would be cool to see Cat Grant or somebody come over, but I'm also concerned about the amount of like ownership change uh, Catco has had. It seems like a very unstable company. I don't know if the <laughs> investors would enjoy it. Oh my gosh, I love that you're bringing in real life into Supergirl. You're worried about the Catco investors. That's just amazing. This is not a prediction, but wouldn't it be interesting if, uh, you know, uh, Brainy, if uh, Jesse Rath, leaves and Megan Rath comes in to replace him. That's interesting. I like her as uh, as Brainy and her show is or no longer on... some sort of, or perhaps some sort of shared, you know, ownership of the body or something like that. Yeah, I don't mind that. Uh, her show is no longer on the air. Um, I believe she was on Hawaii Five O, I think. I think so, yes. So uh, that ended its run. Uh, I would be down with that. Uh, I really like her in the role. And, uh, I mean, clearly they they have chemistry because they're siblings. Uh, so they work really well together, but they do work really well together. So, uh, it, it does work for me. I don't dislike that. And, uh, something that you said, uh, Millie, uh, because, uh, it did look like Gemma was rebooted for lack of a better word at the end of, uh, the episode, I do wonder if what you're saying could be true. In essence, they don't have to cast the she. What if she takes over Gemma's being? That might be kind of interesting. I, I don't know if they're going to go in that direction. I did like Gemma. Uh, I mean, she's Mike's mom from Stranger Things, so she's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I don't... I don't yeah, I, I don't know where they're going with any of this. And I'm still hella confused as to what Lex is going to do. And based off of that final scene, I don't know if they were really planning on getting rid of Lex at the end of the season to sort of ship him off to Superman and Lois. Although I feel like that is the most logical thing. Um, but especially now that Superman and Lois is going to be primarily set in Smallville, I don't really know how Lex would be involved in that. Unless they do end up going in the direction that Lex becomes president of the United States or something. Then he would be involved in all of the Arrowverse shows, in essence. Um, yeah, so I don't I don't know what they're doing with him. But it's hella fascinating, and Lillian looked hella evil, which I'm always down for. So, it's going to be a long time before we talk about this show again. But uh, certainly there are a lot of interesting things on the table. And uh, hopefully... Uh, whatever they do next season. Uh, it's it's a good and cohesive season. So, uh, before we get into the MVP, 
was there anything that I missed in this episode? I'm trying to think. I feel like we covered everything. But just in case, was there anything that I missed? And even a teeny tiny little moment before we head into the MVP that either of you want to mention. I did find it kind of interesting that uh, when we saw Alex's new super suit, it uh, matched the uh, the color combination of uh, the fantasy version she came up with when she went into virtual reality. I thought that was a nice little callback. Uh, you know what? That is true, Professor. Very good eye. Very good eye. I like it. All right, everyone, it's time for the MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again, so choose wisely. Millie, who is your MVP and why? I think I'm going to have to give it to Kara. Uh, I really enjoyed her. She did a little bit of the comedy bit at the beginning with the multiple Karas, um, as well as just the whole way that she approached the Lena situation and Melissa acted that so well throughout the whole episode, just, you know, being an ice that's slowly thawing. And so um, I'll have to give it to Kara. Very good choice. Uh, Professor, who's your MVP and why? Uh, I'll give it to Lena. I would not have thought uh, half a season ago that, uh, you know, uh, uh, Katie McGrath could have uh, pulled part, pulled uh, the, the face turn that she did, but uh, she did a great job of, you know, apologizing in every way conceivable. And as I said, you know, even, you know, uh, through her actions, uh, you know, showing that she realized she made a mistake. And uh, I thought she did a tremendous job. I like it. Another good choice. I'm going to give the MVP to Lex, as opposed to whatever the hell Millie was talking about, getting Lex fatigue. I have enjoyed Lex throughout the entire season, and I really liked him in this episode. I still don't know how he saw everything coming and everything heading into the, the exact way that he wanted it to head to, but uh, it just was magical. John Cryer was absolutely fantastic. The villain won. Lex got his Thanos moment in this episode, and it worked for me. So I'm going to give it to Lex. And I feel like... I can give, and, and I feel like we would all approve of an honorary MVP to David Harewood as director. Um, they gave him the sole credit, so I, I don't know if he was able to have any input on you know, the scenes from the second episode that were sort of uh, shoved into uh, this one, but uh, uh, it was a really well-directed episode, so uh, I'll give him an honorary MVP. Now it is time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 red capes? The point system is allowed, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may archive the episode in the Fortress of Solitude. Professor, how would you rate this episode? Yeah, just, they tried to, they, and I mean, obviously they had to try, you know, they, they, they just had too much to get through, uh, for it to be fit into one episode. And, you know, for the, you know, the, the issues that we talked about, the, the difficulties in, uh, uh, you know, in resolving all those things, it, it wasn't entirely satisfactory, but still, I mean, they, they did manage to do a fair bet. I'll give it 7.5 red capes. A seven and a half from the professor. Millie, what about you? I agree with the professor. It wasn't as satisfactory as it could be. And that, and even taking out that, you know, it's a makeshift finale. I still think as just an episode of Supergirl, a lot was be what was going on. And we kind of knew that just hurtling into the end. They just, like I said, they bit off a lot for the second half to really tie it up. So I'll have to give it 8.1 red capes. Wow, the professor 
rated it lower than Millie would. That's amazing. So a 7.5 and 8.1. I'm going to give it a solid 9. And the reason I'm going to give it a 9 is because we got, I guess, the best that we could have. Uh, I have no idea what episode 19 would have looked like without um, the episode 20 stuff inside of it. So maybe that would have been a really good episode and maybe we would have, you know, archived it and it would have been fantastic. I don't know. Or maybe we would have been mad because, you know, it would have ended on a really good cliffhanger or, or maybe it would have been a, a really bad cliffhanger. I, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas. But for what we saw, I mean, they, they did the best that they could and uh, they actually were able to wrap up the Obsidian stuff. They were able to wrap up the VR stuff. They were, in essence, also able to wrap up the uh, Kara versus Lena stuff. Uh, Lex got a win. Uh, Leviathan, maybe, question mark, is still out there. Certainly Gemma, a, a rebooted Gemma, is out there. Um, we have this, um, well, I, I will call it a stupid cliffhanger with Brainy, because I feel like we all know Brainy's going to survive. But we do have a cliffhanger with Brainy, so for those out there that are worried about Brainy's life, you know, you have that. Uh, so I think they did the best that they could. And was it jam-packed? Yes. Was it um, high-octane, never really a chance to, to stop and breathe for the most part? Yeah, but they were able to fit pretty much everything into. Hell, we even got a Necrata appearance. So I'll give it a 9. Now it is time to grade the season. What letter grade will you give this season of Supergirl? A, B, C, D, F. Pluses and minuses are allowed. This was a big season for Supergirl. It uh, had its 100th episode, and uh, it was clearly, you know, involved in the major crisis event. Uh, Millie, where do you stand? How would you grade this episode? I'm uh, Not this episode. How would you grade the season? I'm on the fence and said that later grades don't have decimal points, but I feel like I have to give it a C plus. I think that it was a very, very rocky season and very uneven. And I think the biggest uh, issue for it was the first half, they really didn't know what to do to buy time until crisis. So it just kind of waited through it. Um, and then the back half, I think that there was too much that they uh, tried to do post crisis. And so then it just became a little chunky and a lot going on. Um, it's like, they dangled all these parts and then it was hard for them to like cohesively tie them together. And I also felt like the cast, uh, the crew was getting a bit large and I felt like we lost a little bit of focus. Plus the whole Lena storyline was getting a little bit dragged out, but the resolution was, is a little promising on that end. So um, overall I have to give it a C plus. All right. Millie has a uh, grade of the season, a C plus professor. What about you? Uh, much the same reasons. I liked it a little more. I'll give it uh, a B minus. Um, they they did manage to redeem the Lena storyline, um, but it, it was so long that they spent on that, just in the same note over and over. Uh, and I agree with uh, with Millie that it seemed like they were you know treading water before the crisis because everything was going to change after crisis. Uh, having said that, I you know kind of enjoyed how they played with the post-crisis world, you know, the new role of Lex, uh, the DEO, and stuff like that. Um, so overall, I thought it was it was an okay season, uh, not a great one, but okay. 
I am going to co-sign with one of you, and uh, I think it's going to be the professor. I think a B- is probably the most appropriate grade, although I can't remember what I graded last season. And, and I do feel like this season was a little bit better than last season. I, I do feel like I graded last season maybe a little bit better. I don't think it was a C, so it might have been a B minus as well. I don't even remember now. It might have been a solid B, but uh, I do feel like the quality this season was better than last season. The whole anti-alien sentiment storyline was very heavy and it was very dark, and and we got a little bit lighter in this season, which is a plus. But I do think some of the negatives do drag it down a bit. So maybe, you know, my grade might be a little bit lower than what, than I gave it last season. And, and it's because of the Lena stuff. They dragged that out a lot. Um, I, I did enjoy the post-crisis world a lot. And uh, that did make up for it. But they really did try to do a lot this season. It was jam-packed. And even though, you know, things were connected... Um, it, it did seem like a lot, which led to this um, season finale that uh, felt like a whole lot. So hopefully next season, you know, with this extended break that they're getting, they're able to craft a bit of a tighter ship. Um, this season, they just had a lot of elements going on with it. And while some of it did work, and we did get some really great character work throughout the season, and, and it was great that that's you know for example like eve got a redemption post-crisis uh, even as wonky as it was um you know it it was uh all the all the character work pre-crisis with andrea was really interesting but then it kind of went to the wayside post-crisis so yeah it's it it was just a weird season um yeah but yeah i will agree with a uh, b minus and on that note we would like to thank everyone for joining us these past 19 episodes. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for the National City Tribune and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, for the final time this season, please wish the listeners a good night, starting off with Millie. Good night, listeners. If you want to converse with me, I'm on Twitter as at the Asian Nerd. And the Professor. Good night, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. From all of us here at the National City Tribune, we wish you a good night.